All right. Hey, everybody, you're uh, watching and listening to Amateur Radio Roundtables, a show about uh, ham radio and shortwave. And we're glad you're with us tonight, especially if you're out there listening on uh, WBCQ shortwave on 7490. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where you are, how you're here in the station. Uh, just a couple uh, housekeeping things real quick, uh, if you will. Click that, um, click that uh, subscribe button. It should be right about right about there, somewhere right in there. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us to get the word out about our, our show. Also, I would love for you to join our uh, Facebook group. Our Facebook group is just called W5KUB. Just key that in on the on a Facebook search and you'll find us. Or if you want to key in a long name, you can put in Amateur Radio Roundtable and uh, you'll find us. So uh, either one, uh, either way, uh, join us on Facebook. We'll uh, prove you and get you in, in the group. We've got about 14,000 in the group now and it's uh, growing uh, quite a bit. Uh, Let's see, what else is going on here tonight? Um, we got Glenn with us tonight. I haven't heard from Katie lately. I don't, I'm not sure how Katie's doing right now. Uh, Katie was going to try to make it here uh, a while back, uh, but uh, she still haven't, hadn't really recovered fully yet. So uh, she's just, uh, just resting right now, and we'll see how, uh, how things go. Uh, you saw an in intro. Hey, Riley Hollinsworth. Riley keeps telling me he wants to be on here and, and regular and he's ready to go. But uh, it seems like he always has a conflict on Tuesday night. Something happens uh, where I guess his ARL job maybe uh, <clears throat> pulls him one way or the other. But uh, hopefully we'll get Riley back on here. Uh, also, uh, we saw uh, we saw Emmett here. Uh, a while back, and Emmett said, "Hey, he wanted to uh, he wanted to get back on the show. You know, Emmett is with uh, Radio Waves. I'll try to contact Emmett again and see if I can't line him back up and get him uh, back on here." Yeah, I had a nice little talk with. Uh, you got the echo on. Um, I had a nice little talk with Riley up there at Dayton. He was yeah. uh, next to me there for a little while, and we had a nice little chat. So, yeah, looking forward to see him come back. Yeah, uh, that'd be good. Uh, and he can give us a report on what's going on, you know, with uh, with the monitor, uh, what volunteer monitoring program, you know, and, yeah. and how that thing's going. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure this thing out here. Let's see. Bam, bam, bam. I don't like that. Let's see. I don't like that. Well, maybe I do like that. Oh, wrong one. Wrong one. I'll get this figured out in a minute, guys. Oh, yeah, boy. It's the app. I don't yeah. like the app. I'll get it figured out in a minute. There we go. Too many buttons to push. Oh, man. Hey, hey, guys, I'm planning on taking some time off and going to North Carolina here. Probably about mid-July. That's in about four weeks. Don't know if I'll take my radio over there with me or not. Uh, usually I take the 7300 over and some wire and make some contacts over there, but uh, I've been getting my remote base set back up here, so I might just get the remote base set back up and just take my, my laptop and a tablet over there and operate that way and uh, see how it goes. Um, I uh, 
I, I want to do something different. Uh, uh, Glenn, you ever gone metal detecting, metal you know, hunting? No, yeah. but I am dying to do that on the Florida Treasure Coast. Well, you know, uh, I've had a detector for a number of years. I bought me a nice new detector about a year ago. Haven't even used it. Uh, and uh, just uh, today, I got in a couple of new accessories. I got I got me a little 30-inch shovel, you know, to, to dig up all the treasures. And I got me a looks like a looks like a hunting type knife, but it's really it's really a digger deal, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've got that. I, I should have brought it in here and I showed you. On the well, show, where are you going to uh, do your metal detecting? Well, I, I thought I might, while I'm, while I'm taking it easy over in the mountains of North Carolina, you know, I might just, might just try to find some spots over there. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, exactly where. Uh, uh, Kathy's got a, a cousin that is head of the, uh, oh, gee. She's head of the, uh, I can't think of the word. Hmm. It's the people, it's not Better Business Bureau. It's the, it's the other guys that kind of, you know, talk about the, talk the town up and all that. What, is, what, do you, what would you call that? Tourist. Um, a tur- uh, uh, well, it's kind of like a tourist deal. Yeah. Uh, it's um, like, um, I don't I know. I know what you're trying to know. say and it won't come to me. I could have told you if you hadn't asked. Well, I don't know. Cha- Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of uh, Commerce. Okay. Yeah, K five TTT got it there. She's there headed over there to the Chamber of Commerce there in in uh, Silva, North Carolina. And I mean, you know, that area, that area of the country, it goes back many, many years. Probably is probably more years than it does here around the Memphis area. But uh, you know, in in Kathy's family, uh. All of her uncles and cousins and aunts and everybody lives all up down through those mountains over there. They own all those mountains back in there. And uh, surely somebody knows something that has gone on back there, you know. So now I have found uh, I have found things like little mini uh, mini uh, balls and stuff like that, you know, from the Civil War. and uh you know it just i think it'd be fun to do so i i'm, I'm gonna give it a try when i get over there and, and see if i can't can't find something man that was kind of like me um when i was down in orlando we went to uh, the beach and i was thinking boy it would really be fun to um you know do some metal detecting along the treasure coast right there and who knows what we'd find let me tell you, man. I mean, there's people right here on the beach finding gold doubloon. What do you oh, call yeah. it? Doubloon? How do you say that? I can't even say the word. Gold? Gold doubloons. Doubloons, um, yeah. I mean, where it washed up from pirate. And... You know, it washed up from pirate ships. I mean, not just one right, point, right. but uh, well, I, I've mean, been watching some of the shows where, man, they, they find one coin in another and a bunch of them and where it's washed up there. You know, yeah. there's been a lot of uh, uh, Spanish ships that sunk off the coast out there yeah expedition and, uh, unknown did a really yeah. good show about that and i really enjoyed that and i thought you know next time when i go down to orlando it might not be a bad idea for us to just spend the day metal detecting on the beach well you know even if you don't find any gold doubloons that don't sound right doubloons d-u-b-l-o-o-n-s that don't sound right that don't sound right anyway 
even if you don't find any of that, after you're on a beach, man, you got all these people that, you know, they got rings on and jewelry and watches. And I mean, I, I bet you that beaches are full of stuff, man. You know? Oh, yeah. You can go out there. You can go out there and probably find stuff every foot or two out there. Oh, but I'm sure. You, you need to get you one of those little uh, sifting cans, you know, it's got the little right. holes in it where you can dig the sand up and let it kind of go through there, man. Yeah, I yeah. like the I like what WD8 IOL is saying. Forget the shovels, go for the bulldozer. That's, hey, that'll, that's the that'll way work I would too. do it. I would get a bulldozer, cut, drill a whole bunch of holes in the bottom of a dump truck, and put my screen there, and just dump it and oh, drive man. the drive the dump truck back and forth real quick. Yeah, but you might you might find something you don't want to find here, man. You know. Who's oh no, the, those uh, those are usually floating out in the water. You don't, well, and they don't, I don't show know, up on man. a metal detector. I don't know. Who who's uh who's the uh, gangster that they can't find? Uh, I can't think of anything tonight, man. Oh it, yeah, you're you're out of it. The gangster. Um, hey, who's the gangster up there up north? They couldn't. They never have found his body yet. Um, come on, chat room. Tell me, the gangster. They haven't found his body yet. They think he may be in a concrete. Oh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa. That, yeah, man. Why can't I think of anything tonight, man? Gee whiz. Oh, uh, you might find Jimmy Hoffa out there somewhere, man. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's fun. I uh, I have found a guy. A guy had me come over to his house. He said my wife lost a big gold wedding ring. You know, like five years ago. And, you know, in no time, I found that ring out there. The yard wasn't very big. The front yard was small. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I found a few things with it. But I want to I want to find, I, I don't know, I want to find something old and unique, you know. Let's see, mm -hmm. we've got uh, we've got a couple people in here that uh, that's one of their hobbies. I was trying to see who it was. Uh, oh, uh, I can tell you here. Uh, uh, Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie, WZR. Ronnie, hey, Ronnie, tell us, have you found anything uh, interesting that uh, you want to keep? You know, Glenn, I don't know if you know about it or not, but just right across the river here, right just north there and under the new bridge. And when I say the new bridge, guys, it was built in 1972. That's the new bridge. But right under there, Glenn, is a, a town called Hopefield. It's not there anymore. And uh, I have the maps and a book about Hopefield. And uh, the, the uh, Yankees burned it down during the Civil War. Uh, but that was before, across the river was before it was the United States. And people from Memphis would go over there and gamble. And it was like Sin City across the river. I guess there was no law. And uh, these Union ships would come up down the Mississippi River, and uh, they would uh, they would shoot at it from Hopeville. So the Yankees went in there and they burned the city down. I think the city was destroyed twice. And I've got maps of the city streets where they were, and and a, a record that says they burned the stable first, and they burned this building second, and so forth. I've been over a little bit, and I, that's where I found mini balls and stuff. I haven't you know, spend a lot of time over there, but, um, that would probably be an interesting place to, uh, to go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mark is saying that I'm old and unique. So yeah. 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 Fine. That's true. Hey, Hey y'all, there's a new award out. I don't know if you've seen it or not. There's a new QRZ.com award. It's called 30 years 
30 years of QRZ award because QRZ just turned 30 years old. And this award, to get this award, you have to work 30 people that are in a QRZ database. Now, how hard would that be? Not very. No, not not at all, yeah. Just and, about uh, everybody that's on the air is in the that's database. That's right, that's right, man. So I, you get a certificate, there's no cost. I don't well, know what it looks like. You can already add me to the list because I guess we're on the air here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess, yeah. So, you know, QRZ, that was that was some uh, invention back 30 years ago. Man, yeah, you it know, was. You know, we had, Glenn, we used that, uh, the call book. It exactly. was like a phone book, like a phone book. And uh, it came out, I think it came out four times a year. Mm -hmm. course, well, I think the book came out once a year, and then they issued supplements oh, four times a year. That, that probably was. But, you know, being 16 years old, you only get to, you get one per year, you know. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. So, you know, I was, well, I guess, well, 30 years ago, I guess really didn't, well, 30 years ago, I guess they did have computers. So when the uh, QRZ came on. Yeah. And what's even worse is, of course, you had to buy the DX call book separately. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking 50 years ago, they didn't have computers. So, you know, hey, they couldn't invent any QRZ back 50 years ago, but I guess 30 years ago. 30 years ago was the start of the internet, the World Wide Web. So, yeah, it'd be about 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, that's when we got those AOL coasters and stuff. Oh, man. Uh, how many people in the chat room are still on AOL? And before that, we had the you Netscape know, stuff. Is, is, is Bill Brown on here? Let me see if Bill Brown's on here. W. Yeah, I don't yeah. see Bill Brown. I think yeah. Bill Brown's still on AOL. I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. But remember, we had Netscape, and then it was AOL, and that was your really only way to get on the internet. What were some of the other? What were some of the other dial-up providers? Uh, uh, you had Earthlink. Um, yeah. Prodigy and CompuServe before them, but they died really when the yeah. internet started up. AOL and was really one of the first that had wide area dial up for the internet. Yeah. And I don't know why a lot of people hated AOL. Well, because they charged. Oh, I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah. Computer AOL. AOL still exists, I guess Mark says. It's yes, still it's out still there. out there. Yes, it is. Yeah. Maybe their service is different now. I I don't know, man. I haven't been there in forever. Yeah, yeah. You remember uh, Mark mentioned it? You used to uh, you, about every week, man. You get a CD in the mail. You know, CompuServe, AOL, wanting wanting you to get on. You know, and well, before oh, that, man. you were they were sending you the floppies. Yeah, yeah. Net oh, Zero. Yeah. That's it, right there. Okay. That's the one I was kind of thinking of. Net Zero. Yeah, but they'd send you the the three inch floppies every so yeah. often, and then they yeah. graduated up to CDs. Yeah. Well, I remember. I guess I my my days in data go back a long ways, guys. They go back to twelve hundred baud. You know, oh, twelve hundred baud. Uh, I go 20, back to 300. And well, I, well I actually, I, I actually, I go back to 110 ball to tell you the truth. 110 yeah. and 300. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I was, I was talking, Glenn. I'm talking high speed. My, my, oh yeah. The, the days of high speed was 1200 ball. 
yeah, the college account was 300 yeah. baud, you know, man, yeah. we were in 110 and we were high cotton. Well, actually, when they upgraded it to 300, we thought we were in high cotton. So, so I'm trying, man, that's been so long ago, I can't even think of the speed. What was it like? Not, not you know, we get you dial up, you get maybe 9.6. I don't know. And then, man, when the 14.4 came out, man, we were all oh, hoping. No, no, no. All it hoping, started, man. It, man, it it's going to be great. It's going to be great when I get that 14.4. Oh man! No, but fourteen uh, four was a trap. It was it? It was a trap, yeah, huh? Yeah, I mean, we we I we I actually started at what twenty four hundred or thereabouts, and when they yeah. had them, then they moved to ninety six, and then they offered fourteen four. But fourteen four only worked if you were a specific distance from the telephone switching office. Yeah, that's what that's what always got me. It, you it had a, to be it had a, a distance yeah. limitation, or you would not get the fourteen four. Yeah, that's what always worried me. You had to be like within 982 feet or something. I'm thinking, yeah. who, who's that going to be? You know, I mean, geez, yeah. can't they do better than that? You know, yeah. well, hey, you know what? Today we are still using slow speed stuff. Did you know what the baud rate is on Whisper right now? It's about four. It's about four baud. <laughs> it takes it takes two minutes it takes two minutes to send that one little short string of characters out. Yeah. Two minutes. It's about four baud. Well, if you oh, want to go further back in the day with teletype, it was 45.45 baud. Yeah. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Hey, well, Hey, Ronnie wants to know what type of detector I have. Uh, uh, this new one I bought was a Garrett, uh, I think it's a Garrett 300, but I've got an old one I've had for like 20 years. I forget who makes it, but uh, it does have discrimination in it and everything, but it, it's probably not as good as the Garrett, you know, the, something new, you know. Uh, let's see. All right, so. We're up in high speed stuff now, man. You know, now, hey, when we go, when I go over to North Carolina, high speed for us over there is about, it's about five megs up and 760, no, no, five megs down and about 768 up, I think is high speed for me over there. Yeah. Just for those that want to know, there she is. All right. Yeah, so. She's all put back together. No limitations right now. They're okay. Nope. Cone's gone. She's good to go. All right. So hopefully it'll all hold together. Until she eats an LM386. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be tough, wouldn't it? Let's see if I can't get this. Yeah. Put back right. There we go. You know? But, yeah. yeah. Just the hazards of... Getting a cat and getting old, you know, you're going to have vet bills. Yeah, there you go. Mike is saying your new detector project, build a proton precession magnetometer. Well, you know, I was looking on the Internet uh, just yesterday about building, you know, circuitry to build a metal detector and so forth. And uh, it was uh, pretty interesting. I, we could build one, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, hey, why don't why don't we why don't we throw together a uh, treasure hunting event and invite all of our viewers to come to it and join it? 
Yeah, we and, can do and that. we can bury we can we can actually bury some treasure out there that they can keep if they find it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll I'm do sure it all in, we'll do it all in your backyard. Well, I'd like to spread it out a little more than that. Plus, I don't want holes all over my backyard, man. Well, well, look at it this way; it'll help you spread the mulch. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, hey, does anybody out there know about, boy, last week was the Nashville, the Great Knoxville. Tennessee Air Show, the Great Tennessee, oh. Great Tennessee Air Show last week, and the uh, Nashville Amateur Radio Club, I think, provided uh, communications for that over in Nashville. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go, but I understand it's a pretty big event. I think they had the Blue Angels there. Anybody in the chat room go to that? And uh, check that out. Well, you had the Knoxville Ham Fest last weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Man, I'm wanting to go to a Ham Fest soon. I'm, I, I'm ready to go, man. I, I'm looking forward to the break. Huntsville's my next one on the books. Yeah. And, you know, I, I need the break just to chill, relax, and, you know, finish up the book. Well, if anybody if anybody knows any ham fest within about two hundred miles of me here in in the Memphis area, let me know. I'd like to uh, I'd like to go, and uh, just check it out. That that'd be a good good trip. Maybe just a one nighter overnight. You know. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. But you know, so, the, the Arkansas ones tend to be in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to get over to Russellville. I didn't get over there when they had this last one. Um, I didn't either. They, uh, that's my old stomping ground. I, I kind of feel um, very close to that area. And I, I think I'm going to try to go next year when they have field day over there and uh, check it out. My favorite eating place there in Russellville burned down, though, two weeks ago. The Old South burned down. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm looking on their convention calendar right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the convention calendar. They, they list a lot of ham fest. Oops. And, you know, I see a lot of ham fest on, on Twitter and places like that, but they don't tell, you the, tell me the state, you know. They say such and such park or something ham fest, and, I mean, I have no idea where it is. Let's see. We're going to start now. You know, uh, Bruce says, forget about the trinkets. Go for the meteorites. I, I hear meteorites bring in good money, man. So, yeah, that makes sense. Go for the meteorites. Maybe I could find me a big, you know, five-pound meteorite somewhere. That ought to be worth the money. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything... For Arkansas showing up on their calendar. Well, man, anything, any, anything coming up? Kentucky. Tennessee. Yeah, I, I, I just did a whole Delta Division search, and we'll oh, see what okay. it comes up with. Yeah. Yeah, Mark says that we can trade the uh, meteorites for gold doubloons if we find them, because uh, that's, that's worth a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, so we've got field day coming up, and I'm going to go out, guys, and try to get some video of the Memphis field day. I think that's probably the only one I will attend. 
probably go out Saturday. Ooh, and if it's really hot, I probably won't stay out there very long either. Um, but I want you guys to, uh, you guys that are going out for field day, I want you to get us a video. Get us a three to five minute video of your field day. Uh, show us the different operating positions, uh, you know. Uh, show us the food, uh, show us the cooking, whatever you want to show us. And get that get that video to me and we're gonna next it'd be next weekend or next tuesday we're gonna try to have a show about field day and we're gonna run your videos if you can get them to me and if you'd like to come on and narrate your video or talk about it we'd love to have you uh to come on here uh, with us so uh please uh please do that Nothing, Glenn? Nothing, huh? No, not really anything unless we want to go to Florida, and that's in July. Uh, so there's really nothing close other than Huntsville at this stage of the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll skip to Florida for right now. You know, there's Athens, Tennessee on July 15th, but that's Athens. all the way over. Oh, let me Athens. You know what? July 15th, I'm going to be in North Carolina. Anything over uh, North Carolina way around? Uh, yes, Cary, North Carolina on the 15th. Cary. Well, tell me about it. It's the 50th annual Cary Midsummer Swap Fest. I don't know where that is. Uh, uh, Central States VHS Conference in Little Rock in July. Mm, I don't know about that. Lebanon Hamfest, Tennessee. Lebanon, Tennessee, yeah. You know, that that wouldn't be bad. Lebanon, that's just on the other side of Nashville. Yeah. So that's July 29th. I think I'll be back home by the 23rd. You've got the Coleman, Alabama one on the 22nd, and that's just north of Birmingham. I've got, cousins. I've got cousins in Coleman, Alabama. I probably I already go down to that one. Nashville's on the 22nd. Oh, Nashville's the 22nd of July? Uh, yes, Greater Nashville and Tennessee, Middle Tennessee Hamquest on July 22nd oh, man. in Lebanon. I think I'm going to be in North Carolina till the 23rd. I need to work those out. I could do. I was just uh, going to say, sounds like some poor planning on your part. I could do uh, the. the uh, the the Alabama one on the twenty something twenty second or something, and then at night drive up to Nashville, do Nashville the next day. It seemed like there's two or three lining up right there. Yeah. yeah, and then there's really nothing in our area, pretty much until Huntsville. Yeah. Does anybody know anything about Lebanon? You know, Lebanon. I I, I don't know the size of it. Uh, with it being near Nashville, I would. Thinking, no idea. Yeah, Some, but have to but find somebody. Ronnie, that, that uh, Ronnie K four WZR. If you know yeah. anything about Lebanon, uh, tell us about it, and uh, like to know roughly the size, and you know, do they have a good showing here? All right. So from North Carolina, uh, what we'll probably do is, I don't know whether uh i won't cancel the show i'll be there probably two tuesdays i won't cancel the show i will come on and we'll find something to do uh we may just have a have a round table and see if we can get some uh per participation 
uh, from our, our viewers uh, to come on and, and join us. Uh, uh, I might try to get the uh, three dead possums uh, together where, uh, you know, we can get them out on the front porch and uh, they can open the show. That's the three dead possums uh, from uh, Tuckasegee, North Carolina. We'll do that. Uh, and I don't know, maybe I can get some local talent over, some local hams over here to Maybe you talk about something, come on the show. Uh, I think last year when I was over there, I, I did a cookout for all the uh, uh, all the hams in the area. I think we had about 30 hams came up to the house, and we uh, had tables set up in the garage out there, and we did hamburgers and hot dogs, and we had a good time there. So we may, uh, may try to do something like that. Yeah, and don't forget, if you're going to go out to the ham fest, I mean, uh, the field day sites this year that uh, Olive Branch and uh, Chickasaw are going to be down at the Hernando Point campground. And then you've got the, the uh, Memphis clubs are all together at the uh, Germantown Municipal Park. Yeah, now uh, the Hernando, that's a pretty good ways down, isn't it? It's pretty good ways down. That's why I was yeah. letting you know it's not going to be at that pavilion in Olive Branch this year. Yeah, I think I probably will not make that one for no, sure. No, that's why I wanted to bring that out. You could spend more time over there at uh, Germantown. Yeah. All right. Oh, everybody just hang on uh, for a second. We'll be back in just a minute here. Tom has just what you're looking for. We have top quality base stations, mobiles, and handhelds that are perfect for working your favorite bands. Mycom's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The ICT-10 is a rugged portable that meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT-10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear transmissions and listen to FM broadcasts with the loud 1500 milliwatt speaker. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs just over 2 pounds with an RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and the IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. All right. Heard some noise. We're back. Well, that hey, was I'll, me adjusting oh, my mic. You? Okay. Hey, I want to show you guys, just give you an update here on uh, W5KUB 113. Let's see if I can get it, pull it up on the map here. Hey, um, it looks like it looks like, uh, hey, we're, we're getting a little north northward bound now. You know, we've been flying around down near Antarctica for the last few months. We're, we're now at about 254 days on this flight. And uh, if you look at its position now, it's over Argentina. It's, it's actually uh, uh, gaining some... Um, uh, it's not altitude. What is it? What am I trying to say, Glenn? Help me here. Um, it's, gaining, it's it's gaining some latitude. Latitude. It, yeah, it's moving north. 
Now, is that latitude or longitude? Longitude. Uh, good question. Longitude lines go up and down. Yeah. So it's gaining latitude. Yeah, moving towards right. the equator. Yeah, that's the easy way to put it, Mark. It's yeah, moving closer yeah. to the equator. So we're right over. Uh, where, where are we right over? Let me look at this. Uh, right over Argentina. This, this computer is a little bit slow here. Let's see. We're right over. La Pampa. Argentina. Yeah. So we're still at 43,700. That's about where this plane's been flying the whole 254 days. That's impressive uh, for those yeah. those type of balloons that you're using. That yeah, it's holding I, that, yeah, I know. That, it. that hydrogen. Well, and you know, because these are staying up so long, because they're staying up so long, Glenn, uh, we haven't put them back up in the air yet. No. You still have one and possibly two. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to think of something new to do. I don't want to just shoot another one up there and let it be up there 300 days. You know, just it's getting too boring now. You know, it took us about four years to really master this and keep one in the air more than about a month. And um, now... Man, now, if you want to fly a balloon around the world, you can fly a balloon around the world in your first try. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. gotten Things have much changed, better. Man. Things have changed a whole lot. So we're looking for something new to uh, to do. And um, maybe when this one comes down, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do it. We're hoping that this one beats the record. The other one, we had 112 stop transmitting at 320 days. We think it's still flying. And we think the transmitter just stopped. But um, hopefully this one's only at 254. It's got a ways to go to catch up and pass, but maybe it will pass uh, 112. Yeah. Now, and, Mike, KB7CP yeah. is saying don't use the word shoot. Yeah. Or, or, I usually, when, when we go out and launch them, I usually tell Ed to let her rip. Yeah. Yeah. Let her rip, you know. So uh, I, I had to quit saying that. Now, uh, you know, I, I, I did not expect this one to be up 254 days because this we, is not for any of them. This one is called we call we call this one W5KB113 heavy because it's three times heavier than what we normally fly. Normally, our flights are around seven grams. This one's around 20 grams. And uh this one has a redundant uh, seven. Uh, it's got 14 solar cells on it for redundancy. It's got a 100 milliwatt uh, power amplifier on it. And uh, it just, it was heavy when we launched it. And, uh, you know, I really thought if you really want to step a long time, you got to be as light as you can. But this, this proves it. I think with the, the new balloons that we found, uh, as long as your weight's reasonable, you don't have to go with the seven grams, 20 grams. Yeah, because I mean, even at this extra weight, you're still at 43,000 feet. Yeah, yeah. I think the key is getting above the majority of the storms. That's what keeps these alive is they're not constantly going through the moisture and icing up. Yeah. So uh, Mark on here says, I should have been at the uh, Great Plains uh Great Plains 
something launch. Super What's launch. The, super launch. Man, Glenn, I can't think of anything tonight, man. Yeah, as bad as I am. Oh man. Well, hey, hey, Mark. I, I, hey, I was, um, I was doing about twenty hours of pressure washing. I couldn't make it this weekend. Uh, I was hoping I sent a note to Bill to see if Bill is going to be on here tonight, and uh, I was going to offer Bill to come on and uh, give us an update. Uh, if you'd like to come on and give us an update about the Great Plains Super Launch, uh, I'll, I'll put the link out there, Mark, and you can join us. Uh, Bill did want uh, my map, the map we developed that shows all of our flights going around. If Bill did want my map. I don't know if he worked that into a presentation or not there. Uh, Mark, you might tell me if you saw uh, my map of W5KB112 or 113. Tell you what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to... Uh, Maybe Mark, maybe Mark will join us here. Uh, I'm going to put the link out here uh, for you guys to, uh, to, to, to join us tonight. And uh, if anybody went to the Great Plains, uh, come on in here and talk to us. Let me see if I can post this link here. So here's the link. There's a link right there, guys. If you uh, if you just click on that link uh, and and say use your camera and your uh, microphone, you'll actually come into the show just like uh, like Glenn is there. I may open up the phone lines too. In addition to that, uh, not sure if the phone line is going to work. I've had a lot of cables I've moved around and unhooked, but we're going to try it and see. Uh, and we're going to see if anybody will join us there on our um, on the video. Right. Yeah, I need to rerun all my cables underneath this desk. Yeah. That's the thing. I come home from work or whatever, and I keep looking at this stuff and say, I need to get that done. And it's like October. Well, everything's in October now. Okay. Mark says, I'm getting stuff ready to present some items. Maybe he's going to come on here with us. We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, I'm trying to bring up the phone. Now, I don't want everybody just to overpower us here. We can only take 1,000 phone calls at a time. Please well, don't. you know, this would be a good, good time for me to ask a question of the group yeah. and, and you as yeah, well. Yeah, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, as we know, I'm doing a forum in Huntsville, and it's generally about the Arduino and microcontrollers. Um, of course, the one I did for Orlando and Dayton and Huntsville last year was about moving up to the higher powered Arduinos like the Raspberry Pi Pico and the ESP32 and whatnot. And for Huntsville this year, I've been thinking about falling back a little bit. And rather than focusing on the Arduino per se, um, I was thinking about doing a presentation forum uh, about uh, how to build projects with these microcontrollers, the techniques, where you get your parts, how to, um, you know, how you program them, how do you get everything set up, um, how do you put them in closures and things like that. And I was wondering if you would rather see that or see me continue on with the, uh, the, the existing forum that I've got with the Raspberry Pi Pico. The one that's called... Uh, um, the next generation. So I'm looking for input on that. 
Um, my goal, of course, is to have that construction one for Huntsville. But if you all say you'd rather see the the next generation, the, the newer, faster, more powerful controllers, um, I can do that one at Huntsville instead. So whichever you all prefer. Yeah, Mark's saying how to build them into things. Let me go get something here. Hang on. Okay, guys. So, hey, I sent you the link there. You can get on the show. You can you can actually join us here on the show, uh, like Glenn's on there, or dial that phone number, and uh, you can come on here just uh, talk on the phone. If your camera's shy, you don't have to you don't have to do that. Let's see if I can put the uh, phone number on the screen here. Phone lines are open. There we go. Okay. That should do it right there. All right, I said we get any takers here. We need some precipitation. Yeah, while we're waiting on that, let me show a few things here. Go ahead. Okay, you go. Slide uh, me into the picture. Go right ahead. You're in there. Oh, okay. This is what the, the assembled products or projects that I've been doing traditionally look like this is the new lightning detector and this is the wiring and you can see as a general rule i do everything on these little circuit boards this is the one i'm just starting um, for example i took the components off because i reuse a lot of things but this right here will go into one of the you know into this type of an enclosure. And this is actually a weather station that will measure relative humidity, temperature, and barometric pressure and wind speed, all in this little board. And what I was talking about is showing you how to build, you know, how I construct the boards using the little wire, the sockets, the header pins. And um, let's see, this one, is the CW Beacon Fox Hunt Keyer. Same basic design. You know, I use sockets for the ICs and everything because I like to reuse a lot of the parts because once I build these projects, I move on to the next and I may or may not, you know, use this project in my shack. For example, my satellite antennas are controlled by an Arduino. That one's in the project, but I can't get the camera around to it. This is an RF probe. This is actually a test board that I just built this week. And you can see the, these are the chips that Tom and I soldered at his place, uh, gosh, six, eight months ago. This is the LM4862, which is the replacement for the LM386 audio amp. And I wanted to experiment with that. And so I built a little test board. And let's see, that's the weather station. Oh, I got one more. Let me go get the other one. Go ahead and you carry it. All right. Tom. While we're uh, while we're out of here, we've got uh, we've got Mark that joined us. Let's see. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Well, pretty good, Tom. I just uh, thought I'd uh, and say uh, hello to everybody, and also uh, 
the fact that, uh, yeah, we were kind of hoping that you would come on down to GPSL uh, in Huntsville. I know you're planning on uh, going to the ham fest, but uh, boy, this was this was better than any ham fest. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I got over there on Wednesday evening, and uh, Thursday uh, we went over to uh, uh, the uh, spaceport and the history museum, and uh, got a, a full tutorial on uh, the Saturn V rocket and uh, what it took to put that thing together and get it up, uh, hmm. get it going, so to speak. It was it was quite amazing. Wow. So, uh, I uh, I would and, like uh, to have, I would like to have come down here, but I just man, I had uh, I had terrible hard hard work to do here, man. You know. Now, if, if if you guys had volunteered to come down and put twenty hours in my pressure washing, I could have made it. But no, I had to do it by myself, man. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I know about that pressure washing. I just did the yeah, back out yeah. back here, and uh, I need to do it again. It uh, it had uh, probably uh, five or six years of crud on it, mostly. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so, I know uh, Bill. Uh, <laughs> Bill, uh, Bill asked for for the map. I don't know if he was able to use the maps on one thirteen and one twelve or not. Um, he did show uh, some stuff briefly on the uh, balloons balloons uh, that are currently up, uh -huh. and uh, showed what uh, some of them were doing. Uh, mostly, we had uh, some very good presentations, uh, including uh, uh, several from the students there at uh, UAH. Uh, and I've even got some video here I could share of uh, some of that uh, experiment. I didn't take a lot of photos, but uh, the seminars were, were informative and uh, they did pretty good. And of course, on uh, Saturday, we got all our balloons off uh, without without too much incident. I did have a, uh, I was helping out Mike Hojoski on his uh, balloon flight. And unfortunately, I did not see the kink in the line that he had uh, between the balloon and the uh, 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 regulator for the hydrogen. And uh, he said, give it more gas. And so I did. And uh, the uh, hose popped off the uh, regulator. And uh, it made quite a quite a loud noise when it did it. And, yeah, was uh, that, uh, was that, uh, that was helium, right? That was hydrogen. Oh, well, I was going to say in my shop, in my shop out here, uh, one day Ed and I were filling a balloon with the hydrogen and the, the hose popped off the regulator. And, and boy, it was coming out pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This actually yeah. bounced off the other buildings around. It was so loud. Yeah. But, uh, kind of scared me. I quickly turned things off. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. It still surprised me nonetheless. And then we found the kink. And of course, everything after that, it, it inflated just fine. Um, we, I think, launched seven balloons, and we got six back. Uh, unfortunately, Mike's balloon uh, got stuck up in a tree 80 feet off the ground. Oh, no. Uh, they tried to uh, shoot it down with the shotgun. They tried arrows, and none of it worked. So hmm. they had to abandon that one. And, Should have called uh, in the military. Well, we could have, but, you know, the farmer was nice in loaning his shotgun. And yeah. I mean, we used up all his ammo. So uh, oh, boy. I think they gave it. I think they gave it the, the college try there, so to speak. But uh, 
it really was a, an interesting uh, event. And uh, if you ever get a chance to go to GPSL, I highly recommend you do it. Uh, even if you're just kind of uh, thinking about doing little balloon flights or just doing it one or two, or even just interested in seeing what it takes to put up a balloon. Uh, of course, Tom, you know, you've seen them before. Uh, we, had, uh, we had some interesting flights and some interesting photos. So, and uh, Bill, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know if he can come on tonight. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, hang on. We got somebody on the phone. Uh, the phone, uh, standby, a phone person will be with you in a minute. Uh, who we got on the phone? Yeah. Uh, the phone, uh, standby, phone person will be with you in a minute. Uh, here we get on the phone. Uh, the phone, uh, standby, phone oh. person will be with you in a minute. You're going you to gonna need to turn down uh, the uh, audio on your video that you're watching. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Who, who, who is it? Who we got there? Okay. This is Vince, KD7AI in Florida. KD7AI, what, Vince? Yeah. Hey, hey, Vince, how you doing, man? Thanks for calling. I'm doing great. I'm having a little bit of a, a time with this. It's the first time I've ever used uh, used the feature on the uh, you know, yeah. on the channel. Yeah. So thank you for answering my call. Well, and, uh, yeah. I'm just I just wanted to announce myself instead of just uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, not lawyering, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what's the word? Uh, yeah, well, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble now with words myself. Okay, Glenn, uh, what's the word? He's uh, he's kind of he's hiding. What's the word he's, for that? He's hanging out, is what he's doing. Well, no, I, there's another word. I don't know. At least he know. wants just to... like kind of like SWLing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, hey, uh, Vince, where where in Florida are you? Uh, I'm in the. Zephyr Hills, Florida, EL88. Okay. That's I don't know a, where that is. is that's that, up near Orlando, isn't it? Or Tampa? I don't think he can hear me, Tom. Huh. Hey, Vince, is that uh, up near Orlando or Tampa? No, it's it's, uh, it's actually between Tampa and Orlando. There we uh, go. Okay. Dave City. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you have a if you have a Maidenhead map, it's, you know you can look up a EL eighty eight. Okay. All right. Yeah, EL eighty eight. Anyhow, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know what the range of topics is here. Uh, I have a, a quick question. If somebody can answer it me, I've been having trouble like uh, renewing my call like call sign. Uh, I'm disabled, and. <clears throat> I can barely navigate my smartphone, essentially. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, I've had a lot of trouble, like, getting through that, that system. The, what's it called? The, the FRS or whatever. It is. I don't know what it's called. I, yeah. Well, I, 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 I got FRS. I have an FRS number. But there's a new level system that they put over the entire thing. And I forget what it's called. But uh, anyway, yeah, you, have to, you have to... You get your FRS, and then you're supposed to log into this new system, which you register with. Yeah. And I wish I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's a, it's it's just like kind of a, a management system for uh, all of the licenses, the license management system. 
Yeah, I think someone said it was an all-star. I, I'm not familiar with it. Hey, uh, I think, is it is it the W5YL group that can help people with licensing? Who, who is some, there's some group. W5YI. W5YI. You may want to contact yeah, yeah. them. They'll, uh, I think they'll renew it, get it renewed for you. Yeah, K5TTT, this is an SCP. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to check with that. And that's the universal uh, I'm licensing. trying to get with my local amateurs and, and see if there's a VEC that can help me out with it. Because I'm, I'm wheelchair bound, and it's kind of tough for me to just, you know, yeah. bounce out to the meetings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you can find somebody there that can help you. And I'm not familiar with the new system. Yeah, uh, hey, Tom? Yeah. Uh, yeah it also could be universal licensing system on the FCC side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we may have, we may, I may have just discovered an issue here with our new studio setup. He can't uh, hear me. Vince, I don't think he, I don't think you're hearing my other uh, co-host in here, are you? I, I'm hearing him very faintly in the background, yeah. every other word. Okay. All right. All right. So well, I hope, I'll, I'll work I hope that will help you troubleshoot it. Okay. I'm going to go. But All right. Hey, Vince, my call. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for calling you me. Guys thank great. you. You guys are great. I watch I watch your videos all the time, and and uh, when you go out out and about and do stuff. Tom, before you let great. it go, it's fantastic. Yeah, stand by, Vince. Stand by. Uh, whoa, whoa, go ahead. Yeah, uh, K five TTT is saying if you're an ARRL member, they will help you renew your license for free. All right, ARRL will help you renew your license for free if you're an ARRL member. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I was. So, I've been in the ARL for many years, and I just yeah. canceled my membership. I didn't cancel it, but I let it run out a little while ago. I've been in ham since nineteen sixty. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're an old you're an old timer, yeah, man. I didn't got, get my license. Yeah, I didn't get my license till nineteen sixty four. You're an old timer. Uh, yeah, it was just about nineteen sixty four or sixty five, if I recall. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, my original call. My original call was W. W N two V G H. Yep, yep. That's the way they were back then. Then changed to W B two V G H. Right. And I kept that call for quite a while till I moved to uh, to Utah, and that's where I got the seven call. Okay. Hey Vince, uh, call a uh, check with the ARL. I think they'll help you. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. you have a good night. Now, well, I'll continue watching on the YouTube. Yeah, okay. Not YouTube. All right, rather. Thanks for calling. Thanks. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. 73. Yeah. Yep. 73. Thanks to K5TTT right. for those answers, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And he put a link in the chat for it as well. Yeah. So um, so let's get back to Mark. Hey, Mark, did you say you had – do you have any uh, videos or anything you, you, you want to show – are they long? Yeah, Are they I, short? Uh, I've got a couple kind of... of videos. Um, one from the uh, one from the uh, seminars we had on Friday, and then the launch on Saturday. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can share these. I'm gonna click share. Okay. Uh, hands up before you share your screen. I understand. So, also, uh, when you uh, share, when you share, also watch down at the bottom left and see if there's a little button that says share audio. Okay. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you may have to click that for audio to share. I, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, let's see. Let's just go to this. 
and uh, go to this. Uh, this is just some of the stuff from the museum. No, I'm not. I'm not seeing anything yet. We'll see yeah. if you can see it. Can you see my? Wait, wait. No. Let's see. Wait, okay. uh, Mark Garrett, uh, show. Well, screen. I'm getting a circle right here. Too. There, there we go. go. There, yeah, we got it. We got it. You see that? Uh huh. Okay. Um, that was uh, this plane. You that greets you in the uh, front lobby of the museum. But uh, just quickly bounce through here. Uh, that's the Saturn V that used to sit outside. They've got it inside now, and uh, they've got it set up so that you can walk under. In fact, we had dinner underneath on that uh, underneath that rocket on Thursday evening. Oh, mm. that's cool. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I was um, just there. Um, is this the Kennedy Space Center? No, this is oh. there at Huntsville. Oh, okay, because Kennedy Space Center, it looks just like that. I'll just bounce through these real quick. Uh, there's some of the, the crew looking at uh, uh, some of the uh, displays there. And you probably saw Bill there. But yeah. just give you an example of what the size of the engines are. Uh, there's one of them and, <laughs> and Ron yeah. hanging out below it there. Uh, and it goes all the way to the very back. They've got it separated by a few feet so you can see it in between. But uh, they've got it all fixed up nice. This is inside of a Mercury capsule. You could actually sit in that if you wanted to, but I didn't want to. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was it was rather tight, uh, tight, tight fit. As you can see, the size of it's quite small. Uh, hopefully, I won't take away too much of Bill's thunder if he does get on here. Uh, we did have uh, a gentleman that did help us out. The the guy in the uh, White lab coat. Uh, he actually uh, uh, told us how that Saturn V rocket worked and what it took to get uh, uh, the space program uh, going there. His name is Ronald uh, Paulus, and he worked. Uh, he's a NASA emeritus. Emeritus, yes. Emeritus, yes. That's it. I need a drink of water here. Um, <laughs> but um, he. Uh, uh, did a lot of uh, stuff for uh, Saturn V, Apollo, Skylab, uh, the, uh, the shuttle, and uh, I think also uh, some Skylab, too. So he was quite an interesting gentleman to uh, discuss uh, discuss rocketry with here. And uh, he also had a mock-up that he could show and show what it took to, to put the lunar lander in right here uh, up into space where – they had to keep it so that it was actually uh, need up against uh, uh, the sides of the uh, container. If not, it would be crushed. Uh, back view of a Saturn V rocket. Side view. And uh, this is what it looks like in the throat or the back end of the rocket. And one of the things, I'm not a big person on welding, but... Um, it was very interesting to look at this weld right along here where they had the, the, the exhaust from the turbo come out through here, but they had to put a weld on all the way around that engine. And this is not the best part of it. There's, you go over to the other side of this, this particular stand, and you can just see the person who did that spent hours and hours and hours on that weld to get it just right. 
just just little things like that. And then there's a, a shot looking up. But uh, let's see if I can quickly get past these. I'm going to get to the video here. Uh, that's a piece of Skylab, uh, uh, one of the few pieces that survived. It was a it was an oxygen tank, and uh, it uh, survived reentry and landed in Australia. Well, they've gotten it back, and they got it in a museum. Uh, there's the mobile quarantine facility that the Gemini astronauts had. And there's something. Well, let's see if I look past yeah. it there. That was uh, RP2040 um, Lilligo C3. No. Yes. They're Laura. Um, yeah. There's an ESP32, yeah. looks like. Yeah. It's their Laura 32. Oh. Uh, we're trying to use those for uh, tracking radio sounds, all things. And uh, I uh, definitely want to get one of these and give that a try. Yeah. This is one of the experiments that they had uh, uh, the students put on. This is basically a stabilizer, and it uses a pressurized container uh, and has little retro rockets on the side. And you can launch your balloon instead of it sitting there spinning around wildly uh this keeps things stable pretty much let's see if we can run some video here <clears throat> hopefully you can see this yes no maybe there we go I'm not hearing any audio. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, we're not getting any audio there. If you can describe it, uh, go right ahead. Yeah, basically, it uh, was allowing. I guess I should have had share audio. I don't know if uh, that's a setting I can do. But basically, he could he could get it in any position. It would realize that position and try to correct for it. And if it was disturbed greatly, uh, he had graphs that it would show how it was correcting all the way through. It was quite interesting. Uh, let's see. I didn't want to do that. Hit stop. Uh, I need to do this. But uh, when you fly packages, you always need to have some special uh, lab experiment or something. And so here's a bottle of mystery goo. Uh, I don't know if you can read that or see that, uh, but this is one of the students' payload uh, projects. Uh, basically, it's maple syrup. They're taking it up in the air and see what happens to it. Hmm, cool. But basically, uh, everybody's getting together their their packages on Saturday morning, and this is uh, being uh, uh, just all coordinated uh, by Bill Brown and, and the students there at uh, UAH, and some packages and payloads. And another shot of balloon stuff. So we can see Tom out there uh, 
with uh, this group, that would have been great, launching balloons here. So we'll go ahead and play this video. Uh, uh, it was so bright out, you can't really see what the viewfinder offered. But uh, uh, basically, we're counting down and uh, uh, had a few uh, balloons, not in the frame, but uh, uh, you kind of get the idea of what's going on there. And they went, of course, there was no winds, and so they went just about right overhead and uh, pretty much uh, pretty much in the sun. So, uh, uh, and that's just my uh, cell phone taking those shots. So that's what it looks like with a bunch of balloons in the air. Nice. There were two balloons that weren't launched uh, immediately uh, with this bunch. One was a, uh, uh, a zero pressure uh, type balloon. Uh, it got overpressured and then uh, uh, also a uh, sky tracker was released as well. So uh, that's pretty much it. Let's see how I get out of sharing. Right. And uh, it'll give you an idea of all the fun we had. And the weather looked pretty good for you guys down here. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was a beautiful day on Saturday. Uh, we didn't really have any rain. Just a lot, little light rain on. I think uh, Friday night we had a little sprinkle. That was about it. And uh, mm -hmm. it is not uh, clearing. Let me go do this and go over here. Oh, your screen sharing turned off. Right? Yeah, your your screen shares off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Show screen. Share. Hopefully that uh, looked without too much buffering. All right. So, oh, I good. A little bit more equal with you guys. <laughs> so um, that's what I had. Uh, it was a fun flight and fun uh, event. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll know here in a little bit where GPSL for 2024 is going to be. Hopefully it'll be either in uh, well, talk of it being in Kentucky or New York oh. or uh, some other places too. So. We'll have to decide where we're going to do do it next year. All right. Well, that's great. I'm uh, glad you were able to make it, and uh, thanks a lot for the video there. And uh, so, you guys were able to recover all the uh, the uh, the high altitude balloons you launched. The big one. Yeah, all but one. The one. Is that the one that was in the tree or? It got caught in an 80-foot tree. Yeah. The tree was so spindly that you couldn't really climb it. Uh, we were going to cut it down. Uh, farmer was okay with it uh, being cut down. But uh, with all the heat and humidity and the attempts at trying to bring it down uh, and the low cost of the package, I think the cost of the package was, you know, under, I think it was 60 bucks or less. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't make good sense to just keep you know, sacrifice a tree over over that, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have a friend that uh, professionally they uh, they they did major balloons. I'm talking uh, balloons that would hold you know a million cubic feet of gas and would lift thousands of pounds and uh, would carry stuff for the CIA and the FBI, you know that kind of stuff. And uh, he said they always took a chainsaw with them, and uh, you know because. They're going to land in a tree, man, you know. So they take a chainsaw yeah, and they always got it back. 
Eastern Alabama, you can just about guarantee there's going to be some tree that uh, uh, kind of prevents you from getting it. But uh, uh, we did have uh, uh, one land in a cornfield. We had one land uh, up against some power lines, of all things. Uh, uh, there's uh, one that uh, – oh, I'm trying to think of where it landed. One landed, uh, I guess, on a, a bush, <laughs> of all yeah. things. So, uh, yeah, they just, they just come down where nature tells them to come down. Well, a couple of years ago, we launched a zero pressure balloon uh, here, and it, it came down in Florida, uh, somewhere down here. Uh, we actually found it. Uh, James Lee actually found it. He was passing through there and uh, made a slight detour and, and located it. But it was up in a tree. It's still there, I suppose. It was up in a tree and... Uh, you know, a lot of snakes around it, a lot of water around it, alligators. We just decided just to leave it up there, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do that. That's right. That's right, man. Yeah. The hazards of the business. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go, but uh, hopefully Bill can fill in the details and yeah. uh, give you a little better presentation than I did. This was kind of on the fly, so to speak. Oh, thanks, Mark. Yeah, it was pretty thanks, cool. Mark. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, the phone lines are still open. If you guys would like to check in to uh, to talk with us, uh, I've got the phone number up on the top of the screen here. Just click on it. No, no, you can't click on it. Dial it. Dial it. It's right. Where is it? Yeah. Mark's pointing at the number. Right there. Right there. Just just uh, dial that right number there. there, and you can come in. Also, uh also, I, I shared with you the link to come on video. Let me share that with you again. Uh, let's see, we can't get somebody else in here to join us. Mark, you don't have to go. You can stick around with us if you want to. Uh, might get exciting here in a little while. Uh, let's see, paste, there we go. Yeah. All right, click on that link and guys, you can join the show. Yeah. Tom, can you take me full screen for a second? I can do that, and you are now full screen. Okay. I was going to show you what a fully assembled one of those boards work uh, look like. This is that LM386 amplifier we've been talking about. You see it requires yeah. the larger capacitors. Um, this is a really cool chip. This is a touch-tone encoder chip. So this whole board is a four by four, 16 button touch tone encoder with an audio amplifier on it. That is, uh, that is cool. You know, I built a repeater controller years ago with touch tone and I used the 567. Right. 567s in here. You had to decode each of the individual tones. Each of so. the, each of the tones and then combine them, you know? Right. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So, that, but, what I was going to do for my Huntsville forum is talk about how, you know, the materials used, how to assemble this board, what kind of things to build, where you get your ideas from and how to load code. So I'm thinking about doing that as a forum instead of uh, the one I did last year, which is the Raspberry Pi Pico. So, and it sounds like know, that's what people are wanting. And, you know, it is, um, so easy nowadays to get a circuit board made. The circuit board companies, uh, you can you can get 
prototype circuit board is made for probably less than 20 bucks, man. Three or four or five boards for less than 20 bucks. Right. Professionally made. And, uh, uh, you know, if you got a project, uh, lay out a circuit board and uh, have it made, man. It well, good. the number one thing, of course, you have to prototype first. And that's what this is. Right, right. And but yeah, uh, one thing to note though is if you're using the Eagle CAD program that's free, mm -hmm. uh, they are discontinuing that, and you're going to have to move to their Fusion product. Or uh, what I'm planning to do, and I recommend, is moving over to the open source uh, free KI CAD or KeyCAD. Okay. And but they will all do the board generation for you. Yeah. And you just send that file off, and yeah. I could in take fact, my schematic and get a board out of that. In fact, Glenn, many of these companies now will actually assemble those boards for you. Correct. For almost nothing. Yeah. Uh, we we found the little trackers that we build here. Uh, we're we're having these boards made, and also they will actually put all the parts on the on here. I mean, we're, I'm talking twelve dollars, just about. They'll yeah. actually build a sucker for you for twelve dollars, man. That's worth it when it comes to the surface mount stuff. That that that's true. That's true. Sometimes mm -hmm. they don't have all the parts, but um, hey, that, you you can't beat that price. Right. So now that's that's very true, but uh, well, that is one thing to consider. If you're using Eagle, you're going to need the plan to to move off of it or move up to their Fusion product, which I don't believe is free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I like that little uh, tone decoder chip because... Uh, well, this is the encoder. Yeah. The board oh. I showed you that I was just starting that had no wiring uh -huh. on it, that's yeah. the decoder. The board here, this is the encoder. It uses a Holtec HT9200B as the uh, the generator chip. And the cats yeah. on the, the other stuff... Um, we're going to use the MT8870 to decode. And here's the here's the data sheet for that. And this is a fully integrated receiver. Basically, you feed it the audio right there. And there's your four output. And well, that is cool. So uh, very simple circuit for that uh, things are much simpler now than they used to be no let I me mean, show you let me day. show you something let me show you one of my prototype not a prototype board but yeah. i built a repeater controller i had the number of repeaters on back in 1970s yeah here's a board i built yep you had to have that's, that's a board i built that's you a had, board look at this yep you had to have eight of those 567s and and right here if you want a 567 let's see if i can show you the 567s Right, right there, they are on top. Let's yeah. see. There's uh well, I had one, two, three, four. I think four. Let's see, four would tune in what? Three tones. Four, I mean, three. Four, four will give you. Um, uh, two, two gives you one. Two oops. will give you one digit. Two will give you one digit. Oh, yeah. gee, that's interesting. It'll give you four tones. Yeah. 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 So actually, uh, this is back in the olden days. If you notice right here, look at this. See all the wiring there? If you notice, I, I found me a circuit board that had a plug-in on it. Yeah. And I cut it off and I glued it. 
Yep. I, I glued it to this uh, perp board and connected mm -hmm. everything to it there. And this uh, this was a little repeater controller. It did a whole lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff. Oh yeah. It. Uh, I had stuff built in here like uh, when we uh, when we lose AC power, we'd go to battery power, low power. The transmitter would drop down. Uh, it, it would uh, it would go to low power. Uh, the ID on here would change tone, so we would know we're on low power versus high power. Uh, we had timeout timers on here. Uh, we actually uh, controlled the repeater with one ring. Back then, one ring on, one ring off, and uh, that was with using uh, 555 chips. Uh, I think it used three 555 chips. To, to get that one ring uh, on, one ring off. Uh, so, let's see, what else did it do? It did a lot of things. It had bi-directional switches in it. I forget what these chips are, but there's some bi-directional uh, audio switching in here. And uh, a number of relays and, oh man. Yeah, now Tom, hold up the, the, the wire side of that board again. Okay. Okay. Now, everybody, take a good look at that, and now switch over to me. All right. All right. Switch over to you. Here we go. Let's see. This there is we go. That, look there at you it. go. Yeah. They're almost identical. His, his is the decoder. Mine's the encoder. But yeah. But the, the number of wires and everything is going to be about the same. This is that brought up. 30 years later, Tom, thereabouts? 30? Hey, that 40. was uh, that was 1970s, so that's what, 50 years. 50 <laughs> years difference in technology, yeah. and now yeah. you can do it with just that. And this is one yeah. of the reasons why I personally have fallen in love with things like the Arduino is back in the day, I was doing the same thing that Tom was doing with those 567s and boards like that, and and everything and those monsters with all the parts that we could scavenge up and TVs and everything else. Yep. And then we we run into the Arduino and look at how much simpler, how much cleaner, how much easier. It's all software now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this this is a complete encoder and the decoder is going to look virtually the same, except it's going to have one of those uh, color displays on it to show you the characters as they come in. And, you know, uh, I, I, we may have some new hams on here that don't understand what we're doing, but touch tone for, for, for you new guys that don't, you know, don't know what the old touch tone phone, when I say old touch tone, man, you talk about a rotary dial, there's probably people here who never seen a rotary dial, <laughs> but even touch tone's getting old, man. But, you know, a touch tone was, was two tones. You had, you had one tone was the vertical tone, and you had another tone that was the horizontal tone. Right. And when you'd press a button, it would mix the horizontal tone and the vertical tone together, and it'd give you that digit. And that's what we were decoding there and what Glenn's decoding or, or encoding there. Right. Uh, DTMF. And, so. You know, but back in the day when they first went from rotary to the, the touch tone, and as Mike is calling the DTMF, I yeah. think that's dual tone multi-frequency. Um, remember the princess phone? That was the big thing. Everybody had to have the princess phone with those touch tones, the push buttons, you know. And that was back in the day. And we used diode matrices to decode. And you know, I, you know, talking about uh, our phone patch. I wish I could find a phone patch I had here for for yeah. two meters, guys. 
what we would do, we would find a telephone with a, we'd get a telephone with a touch tone pad. We'd pull that touch tone pad out of that telephone and put it in a box, put a little oh, nine those, volt battery in there, prized, nine, nine volt battery in there, and maybe a pot to adjust the level. And then we'd run that into the mic jack of the two meter rig. And man, we can make phone calls across our two meter rig. And now, of course, now, who keypad, needs that? The keypad is on the uh, the handy talkie nowadays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But oh, yeah. I mean, and, and just getting your hands on one of those dial pads, I mean, you scored. That was like digging up buried treasure when you got yourselves one of those. I one more thing on this. Yeah. yeah. Look at what it's got. Is that a crystal? It's, it's got a crystal. Care to guess what frequency that crystal is? I bet it's something common. Three point five seven nine five four five. The old the color, color burst crystal. That's the color burst crystal of the TV. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where that frequency originally came from, and because they were so common, a lot of folks developed their stuff around that cheap generic crystal. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And hey, I had a uh, I had a card dollar. Uh, I had a I had a touchstone pad. We had a card dollar. I don't know if you ever seen one or not, but it had a card about the size of a credit card, and you could poke it down in there, and it would come back up through there, and it go. You never saw one of those. Yeah, that was installed on the Twix machines. I worked for Western Union for a while, and they had a they had a dollar on there, and the the automatic dollar too. But back in the day, touch tone is how we live to control things like repeaters yeah. and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. The, the auto patch up on the repeater site, things like that. Yeah. Well, I think we used, uh, I think we, we used a star up and the, I think we used a star up and a star down to bring the phone patch uh, up. Star and up. Down. We used star up pound down. Did you? Yeah. That was over uh, in Birmingham. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so that's one of the reasons why this project is going to be included in the new book. And of course, the decoder is on the other side because it's just so easy to give you that remote control capability with your HT. Mm -hmm. And that's really one of the reasons why your HT has that, that dial pad on it. You know, and uh, now this one doesn't have it you know, like the old days, but on most yeah. of the, the, the rigs uh, around the eighties, nineties and thereabouts, they had the zero through nine. And on the far right side, you had ABCD. A, B, C, D. Yeah. And that's yeah. that, that the reason for those ABCD, they are the complete set of the 16 standard touch tone DTMF tones. Yeah. So your, right. your, your rig is missing four buttons as a general rule these days you don't have the a yeah a through d Back all right up. let me just make a quick announcement here out there uh for people listening and watching this uh, has been amateur radio roundtable a show about ham radio and shortwave we're on every tuesday night at 8 p.m central time right here on w5kub.com and you can also hear the show on WBCQ, world-famous international shortwave station on 7490. Uh, you, can, you can listen to it on shortwave, but it has to be on Thursday between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. 
All right, well, Glenn, I don't, I don't know. We got much more going on here. I'm thinking popcorn again, man. You know. Yeah, popcorn sounds good. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take a break. Um, uh, once the show ends tonight, and I get this on YouTube, and I get the shortwave loaded, I'm free for about three or four days. And uh, what I have been doing, guys, if you just tuned in late, what I've been doing the past uh, two weeks. I uh, pressure washed about 20 hours uh, the last three or four days. And uh, before that, I put down 120 bags of mulch. And before that, I put in 20 landscape lights all in the last two weeks. So you can see I have been kind of busy there. So I'm ready to go to North Carolina and take a few days and kind of relax, you know. Normally, I don't go there because it's so far, man. It's, it's, it's over yeah. 500 miles, man. Well, but, I'm almost in the same boat now that the yeah. cat is recovered and back to normal, as guess you can call it. You know, I'm having to go back to the office, so I got to go to work again in the morning. And uh, getting up at 5 a.m. is not my favorite thing to do. I kind of got spoiled by getting to sleep in these last couple of weeks. Well, hey, let me ask you something, Glenn. I don't know if these studio lights have uh, sunburned my face or not, but I'm looking red. Do I look red to you, or does it look yes, normal? Yes, yes, you've you've got that red tint to you. Wow, I mean, oh, gee, I don't know why. I don't think it was that red when I first started tonight. I don't know. I, but you know what? Hey, let me go check my face. I've been out in the sun for 20 hours. You may be. That, a little bit of hey, sunburn that, there. that may be some red from uh, pressure washing, to tell you the truth. I need to yeah. go look because gonna, that don't look good, man. No, that looks like you're almost sunburned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe color balance marks this, and I'll have to figure out how to do a color balance in the uh, camera here. I want to say good night to everybody. Enjoyed having everybody on here tonight. Uh, join us next week. Uh, we'll try to have some fun things lined up for you. And, uh, until then, man, hey, be careful and do a lot of hamming, man. And I'm going to try to start getting on the HF bands. Yeah, I I'll need post, to also. I'll post in Facebook, our Facebook group, when I get on, and I'd like to round up some of the gang here. And let's just all get on HF. Okay. Good night, everybody. Save me three. Good night.